Welcome, pod. Welcome back in to TCM Pod. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, joined by my co-host, as always, Spencer Mathis at L Savage Spence on Twitter. Uh, I'm at the Chris Mathis on Twitter, and uh, got a busy show here today. Of course, as we talk about the upcoming AFC and NFC title games this weekend, should be a lot of fun. Big time matchups to get into between the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Cincinnati Bengals, as well as the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, both games on Sunday. Before we get into that, we have to talk about the prior games from this past weekend as a couple of uh, shockers, if you will. I was surprised that the Jacksonville Jaguars stayed in that game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I know that Patrick Mahomes did suffer an injury in the game, a high ankle sprain, but it was 27-20, to the final score. It was a pretty competitive game there for the Jaguars. A young team, second-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence with his first-year head coach and Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jags. And I thought that was a really good game, Spence. We also saw the Philadelphia Eagles blow out the New York Giants 38-7 to on Saturday. Then on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills got beat at home 27-10 to by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals as well as the nightcap on Sunday as the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12, a game in which Dak Prescott threw two interceptions, one with his team backed within his own 25-yard line, another interception with his team going the other way in the red area as he threw a pick there too. And I saw the Dallas Cowboys Twitter account actually posted Dak Prescott coughs up the ball twice. They left up that tweet. It was a very questionable tweet coming from a team that or just in general, coming from a team's Twitter, you typically don't see any feelings attached to any tweet of that nature. But Spence, biggest takeaway from this past weekend's NFL games, again, Jacksonville competed with Kansas City. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles prevail. Uh, The 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Buffalo Bills, the favorite coming into the season to win it all. They fell short at home against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, 27-10. Yeah, the takeaway is that the NFC Championship is the best possible way that it could have been. The AFC Championship couldn't have been bad either way as long as the Chiefs came out of that game against the Jaguars. If the Jags made it, I don't think that the game would have been close if they were going against the Bengals or the Bills. But the fact that the Chiefs made it and then you had the Bengals absolutely blow out Buffalo shows that the the Bengals are, are, are once again a contender. They're in the AFC Championship. They were in the Super Bowl last year. And Joe Burrow was very good against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Statistic. I think he's three and zero or four and zero. Three and zero. Yep. Three and zero. So he's a very good quarterback. Uh, it's going to be tough for him, of course, because I do think the Chiefs are the home squad in that game because they're the best team left in the AFC right now, based off a record. So it's going to be tough to go into Arrowhead Stadium. But we also said that last week whenever they traveled to Buffalo, and the Bengals took care of business there. And I think that it's going to be a tough, tall task for that Chiefs defense. Of the, the Chiefs defense in general is just not a good defense. You also have Patrick Mahomes playing on a bum ankle next week, so. I like that the Chiefs beat the Bills in that game. I think that's a better matchup for the AFC Championship. And the NFC Championship is best uh, possible scenario. That's exactly what we wanted was the 49ers and the Eagles. The best defense in the league going up against another great defense with a really good offense that outmatches the the 49ers offense. But against a great defense like that 49ers defense, it's going to be tough for the Eagles to uh, put up a lot of points in that game. But I also don't see Brock Purdy put up a lot of points, but we'll get into that later. But I love the the two matchups. I wish they would do one on Saturday and one on Sunday. But – that Sunday is going to be jam-packed with football, and it's going to be good games. Absolutely. And before we dial uh, delve into these games here on Sunday, AFC and NFC title games, 
Want to shout out our sponsor, Information On Demand. Whether you need criminal backgrounds checks, uh, drug screenings, e-verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. It doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, across the country, on the West Coast, up north in North Dakota. They've got you covered. Again, that is Information On Demand. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will take care of you and get you that information that you need in just eight hours or less. Spencer is known on record to say that's just one great night's worth of sleep or less. They're accurate. They're fast, affordable pre-employment background screening services. Give them a call today right there on the screen. And it's also in our description as well. 855-914-4636. 855-914-4636. Or visit them online today at informationondemand.net. And again, a uh, shout out to a couple of our listeners, of course, Kate Docker, who tunes in often, Nick Crouch, Trenton Nobles, our cousin, a huge fan, Philadelphia Eagles uh, fan as well, was excited uh, last week and obviously is excited for his game on Sunday as well. I'm not an Eagles fan, but I do like Patrick Johnson, who joined us for Talk to Him Tuesday about nine, ten months ago at this point. He talked to us about the entire uh, opportunity he had last year as a rookie playing against Tom Brady in the playoffs and the wild card last year and much more. And he's getting some playing time this year too. check the stat sheet. Didn't see them a stat sheet for last week's game. However, be on the lookout for number 48, Patrick Johnson this Sunday and the NFC title game. Also shout out to captain Mike and big, uh, big pine key. He's tuned in all the time calls into the Ronnie and T crash show too at nine, five, three WDAE as a lot of listeners do of the Ronnie and T crash show, but Spence, uh, bigger surprise, the fact that Dak Prescott coughed up the football twice in their game last week, or the fact that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills came up short at home against Joe Burrow, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. They did come up short to the Rams, but still, Josh Allen, the home team, fell short. Yeah, I think it's most definitely the latter in this one is is that, uh, I mean the former in this one, is that Josh Allen put up 10 points against the, against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that doesn't have an amazing defense, but I, I really thought that that was going to be a game where they were going to go tit for tat. I thought it was going to be a high scoring, like 30 plus point game on each side of the football, but it went the other way. It was the, the high scoring team was the Bengals. They had 27. The bills absolutely crapped the bed in that game. Josh Allen did not look good at all. Uh, they can't run the football and that's what they need to be able to do in the, in the, in January and February to go, to go ahead and win a Super Bowl of any sorts, because you saw that, that, that bills rushing attack and, as soon as that game started, it looked a lot like the Buccaneers rushing attack. I think they were 31st or 30th in the league. And whenever you don't have a good running attack, even with a mobile quarterback, you're not going to be able to do anything in the playoffs because what's very important if you don't have a great defense, because the Buffalo Bills do not have a great defense, is establishing the, the time of possession in that game. And I guarantee you, I didn't look at the time of possession in that game, but I guarantee the Bengals absolutely controlled that the entire way through because they have a good rushing attack with P. Ryan. And, of course, Joe Mixon, they also have a great receiving core. So the Bengals are a team to watch out for. I don't think that uh, that the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott having two turnovers against the best defense in the league was really a shocker. They ended up losing that game not by many points. They had a chance at the end. They had a weird play call. It could have worked. It would have been cool if it didn't. It didn't work. And that was, I mean, the chances of scoring on that play call where uh, Zico Elliott snapped the football was less than 1% regardless yeah. of who snapped it. So it, I don't really think that was a big deal either. But Dak Prescott with two turnovers – in a game that mattered, I think that was kind of expected. Uh, maybe people expected a little bit more turnovers against a team like the San Francisco 49ers because Prescott has statistically and has shown 
the Dallas Cowboys fans and everybody in America that in the big games, he doesn't really show up to play unless it was the Buccaneers last week in which he absolutely dominated a team that they they apparently had the signal calls for the entire defense, like as the game started. So you saw Dak Dak Prescott tear it up against Tampa Bay a week ago, and then you saw him against the 49ers against an actually really good defense, probably definitely the best defense in the league this year, probably one of the best defenses we've seen over the last five years. And, And I think that was kind of expected. So watching the Bills, crumble against the Cincinnati Bengals and putting up 10 points at home in front of their own fan base. I think that's much more shocking, especially with the weather in that game, because they're a team that should know how to play in that, in, in those kind of conditions. And, and the Bengals of course went out there and they absolutely dominated the entire game. Of course, Cincinnati does get snow from time to time, but that is Buffalo weather. And they're used to playing in that. They've got a great head coach. They've got a great offense. Their defense of course was shaky, but to see Josh Allen put up 10 points was very, 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 alarming uh, for Josh Allen moving forward because at the beginning of the season, he was the guy people were saying he's maybe a guy that could be better or at least as good as Patrick Mahomes. And as the season went on, I think we saw him kind of deteriorate. I remember in week 10, before he started throwing all those interceptions down the stretch of the season, I was, I was the guy that was saying he's nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why people are saying that in the first place. And then you see him as the season progresses. I think he just kind of got worse and worse and worse. He ended the season with 15 interceptions or 16 interceptions I think he was a two to one ratio. And if you want to be a top two quarterback in the league, I don't think you can go out there with a two to one ratio, even though he did throw a lot of yards. Of course he can run the football, but I just think that he kind of regressed this year. And I think that his sophomore or junior season, whatever year it was last year was the best that we're going to see of Josh Allen. And that was the year that they needed to win, but instead they didn't make it. Uh, Of course they got knocked out by the chiefs in overtime. And then the chiefs got knocked out by the Bengals. And then the Bengals got knocked out by the Rams. But Josh Allen was very alarming in that game, and that's definitely the, the the bigger of the two stories because Prescott was kind of expected in that game. Before we continue to talk about that game and talk about time of possession, we've got a big announcement later on in the show regarding our next Talk To Him Tuesday guest. As you guys know, we'd like to talk to athletes or uh, coaches or even videographers or digital creators on the podcast to talk about their career, what they're doing to branch out there, talk about their successes And we've got a big announcement coming up later on in the show regarding an NFL Films. NFL Films guest who actually uh, works at NFL games all across the country. And we'll have more on that here momentarily. But Spence, you talked about the time of possession in that game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills over the weekend. The Bengals had time of possession by a good seven minutes, 33 minutes, 54 seconds in comparison to just 26 minutes, six seconds uh, for the Buffalo Bills. I, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals had seven more minutes of uh, time of possession there with the ball, and it showed as they went 6 of 10 on third down. The Bills went 4 for 12, and and altogether, we talked about the Bills' rushing attack this year too, 63 rushing yards. Everybody knows that the recipe for success in the playoffs is a team that can run the ball when they need to, and the Bills, when they needed to run the ball or when they thought they had a shot in that game, were unable to muster up 75 yards. I mean, that's terrible, and that's something that we saw – here in Tampa Bay throughout the season. That's why the Buccaneers were so awful. They could not establish that rushing attack. We saw round one of the NFL playoffs they took on the Dallas Cowboys. You spoke about Dak Prescott and his dominance just a little bit over a week ago against the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers threw the ball 66 times with a 45-year-old quarterback and Tom Brady and had way under uh, 100 yards rushing. It might have been under 25. Yeah, Yeah. and that's – yeah, there's no way that you're going to win a football game, especially a playoff game with that uh, type of output and type of rushing attack, as we saw uh, with, of course, the Bills last week and just before that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too. But 
NFC title game features the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles and Philly. Three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Should be a good game. And, of course, the Eagles are the favorites in this game because they are the home team. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites over San Francisco. And we talked about it coming into the year. I think by week five or week six, we thought that this was a logistic uh, matchup that we would see in the playoffs. Not necessarily this far into the playoffs, but for sure that's what we're seeing here this week. Philadelphia Eagles 14-3 and take on the 13-4 and Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers. Again, the Eagles, the home team, they are the favorites given, of course, being in Philadelphia, going to be a, a very rambunctious crowd. We know how the Eagles fans are. They're disgusting. Let's be real. Majority of them are. Um, and they are the home team here against San Francisco, led by Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, the guy that's taken over America as of late. He's the quarterback being talked about most right now, aside from Tom Brady and where, where might he go. But Brock Purdy, 7-0 here. And his NFL career this season, he's got Trey Lance, who is uh, coming back from injury. Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, too. There's rumors of Tom Brady coming uh, out to San Francisco, Santa Clara, to be exact. Talk about this matchup here on Sunday. Again, the marquee matchup between two of the best, the absolute best, and the NFC, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Yeah, this is going to be one of the best NFC championships that we've seen in some time. I mean... I don't, think the P I don't think people give the Eagles defense enough credit in this game. I think they've got a better offense than the 49ers. Of course, that 49ers defense is absolutely insane, but the Eagles defense is top 10 at least, maybe even top five throughout the regular season. They went 14-3. and three. They had a, a couple of the losses without their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, so they could have been a team that finished the season with, with 15 or 16 wins. I think they could have been 16-1 and one if they wouldn't have missed Jalen Hurts at all, but instead they both ended up 14-3, and three, two really good squads, Probably the best NFC championship, like I just said, that we're going to see in some time. And I think this game is definitely, I think this is going to be one, I, I just think this is going to be a neck and neck game. Uh, I, don't, I just don't know how I feel about Brock Purdy at, at the quarterback position with the 49ers. Of course, he's a rookie quarterback, inexperienced in the playoffs. He's gotten one game under his belt now. He didn't do very good last week, didn't throw a touchdown, didn't throw an interception. That 49ers defense really carried that game. And it's going to have to come down to them getting the rushing attack going. And luckily for the 49ers, that Eagles rushing defense isn't as good as their pass rushing defense because the Eagles led the NFL in sacks by a ton. I think they had over 60, near 70. They're the first team since the 1970s to have three players with 10-plus sacks in a season, and that's whenever they first started tracking stats. So they could be the first team ever to have three players with 10 sacks, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, Javon Hargrave was, was amazing this season for them. Of course, you had Sweat at defensive end. Brandon Graham had his most sacks in his career, I think in his 13th or 14th season, which is insane. So obviously they're a great squad. They've got a better offense than the 49ers, in my opinion. Miles Sanders had 1,200 rushing yards. They've got a great receiver in A.J. Brown. I think I love their tight end, Dallas Goddard. I just think that they're, I think that they're a better offense, and I think that's going to play a big factor in this game. Although the 49ers have the best defense, I just don't really think that their offense is going to be able to keep up with that Eagles offense, even though the 49ers defense is amazing. I just like the Eagles offense. Of course, you see, you look at the 49ers, they've got Brandon Ayuk, a great receiver. They've got Debo Samuel, one of the best playmakers in the league, if not the best. And then Christian McCaffrey, a running back. They've got a good backup running back as well. They've got Kittle. I mean, this is this is going to be a great game, and it's hard to pick. I, I don't even know if there should even be a spread in this game. I think it's actually neck and neck. This is this is probably the most neck-and-neck -neck NFC Championship game that I've seen in, in forever because you had the 2020, you had the Buccaneers versus the Packers. That game was the Packers expected to win that one in Lambeau Field by a ton. And then last year, I forgot who the Rams played to make it to the Super Bowl, but it was the 49ers in that game as well too. 
And I think that the, the Rams were obviously the better team last year with Stafford in his first year with uh, L.A. So this year you've got the, the 49ers and the Eagles. Eagles, the home team, they've got to be the favorite. I honestly don't know who to pick. I'm just going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles in this game just because I like Jalen Hurts. I like I like their defense, not as much as I like the 49ers defense, but I don't like a rookie quarterback in this situation with the 49ers. So I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game, and I'm going to go, I think, Eagles by three. I think it's going to be a last-second field goal for their big kicker, Elliott. Yeah, it should be interesting. You talk about the offense there for San Francisco and uh, them being a little bit worse off. Obviously, they got a lot of star power. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle as well, Brandon Ayuk, Brock Purdy the guy that everybody needs to have their eyes on this weekend. Again, Mr. Irrelevant, if you guys are unfamiliar with what that means, it means you were the last pick in the NFL draft. And if his NFL career ended on Sunday in this game, like his starting career ended, he far surpassed his expectations and what should have happened over a 10-year span, much less in just one year. Again, 7-0, he's had a great start to his uh, NFL career, no doubt. But you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles offense, yeah, and the success that they've had even running the football with Miles Sanders over 1,200 yards rushing, averaging nearly five yards per carry, 11 rushing touchdowns. Then A.J. Brown, you guys remember that name from Tennessee and his time with the Titans, over 1,400 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns this season as well for the Eagles. Yeah, and the thing is, I think this is the most balanced trench game I have ever seen between the offensive line that the 49ers have, the offensive line that the Eagles have. I mean, the Eagles obviously have the best offensive line in the NFL but you look over at the 49ers and they have Trent Williams at left tackle, the best tackle in the league since Joe Thomas. He's an incredible player. They've got a great offensive line in general. And then you look at both teams' defensive lines. You've got Joey Bosa on one side, or excuse me, yeah, no, Nick Bosa on one side. And then on the other side, you've got just a three-headed monster with the Eagles. They've also got a great defensive tackle in Armstead. I mean, the 49ers are a great defense with the best linebacker in the league as well, Fred Warner. And then you look over at the Eagles, their middle linebacker, their linebacking core obviously not as good. But, I mean, they've got Darius Slay, who absolutely went off this year. The 49ers defensive backs are not as good. But I think that this trench battle is going to be one is, is going to be one for the ages because both these teams can run the football, but also both these teams have a great defensive line and some pretty good linebackers. So it's going to be neck and neck the entire game. And I hope some I, – I just hope both teams are ready to come out there and play because this could be the best championship game that we've seen in, in a very long time. And then you look over at the AFC game, which is also – just going to be a great game as long as both teams take their A game to this matchup. So it, the trench battle is going to be awesome, and I'm just excited to watch out for that one. But I, like I said, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game. I'll take the Eagles too simply because I, I do know, and it's not even just the thought. It's it's the fact that it's it's reality. With a guy like Brock Purdy, eventually this run is going to end. Now it could you know end in the Super Bowl. It could end there. He could get the job done on Sunday in Philadelphia. However, I think that his incredible run – This season ends right here in Philly on Sunday against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, again, the Eagles, the home team, that's also a huge perk in this whole philosophy for me, choosing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in this game. Uh, Atmosphere is just unreal there in Philadelphia. Ronnie Lane here with the Ronnie and T-Crash show has told me some sad stories about Eagles fans and what they've done. Even when he had family or friends go to the games, like he got them tickets and they were getting mistreated and, it's just crazy to hear how bad Eagles – and that was just for a regular game against the Buccaneers years and years ago. But I think that that atmosphere is going to be a lot. I think it's too much to handle for Brock Purdy. Um, again, what what goes up must come down. And we had Mike Florio on the show on Thursday 
on the Ronnie and T-Crash show to talk about all things Tom Brady and much more. And he talked about the fact that Tom Brady is still a realistic possibility in his eyes to go to San Francisco as it all comes down to Purdy in this game on Sunday against the Eagles. Or if they win this game on Sunday, they advance to the Super Bowl. It'll come down to that for Brock Purdy. If they lose, Tom Brady will more than likely be the guy there in San Francisco. And he thinks that they're having a very close eye on Tom Brady and, uh, or, or yeah, on Tom Brady and watching really Brock Purdy really closely over these next, at least into Sunday's game and potentially the Super Bowl if they do somehow upset the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. But it will be interesting to follow along with that. Uh, also, I think Miami is now a true realistic option for Tom Brady, especially with two of his concussion issues. Um, I saw a video, I'm sure everybody has seen that, of Tom Brady walking around the school in Miami earlier this week. Not a big deal there because his kids do live there. Uh, but the big deal for me is that Tua's head is is not good right now. He had three for sure concussions this past season. You know, one more, and I think that you got you got to quit playing football. And um, I think that the Miami Dolphins would be willing to to have a, a stop set per se with Tom Brady for one year, run the tables. They've got a great wide receiver core. Who doesn't want to go to Miami? It's going to be like Tampa Bay all over again. Let's go to Miami. Always wanted to live there. Uh, let's go hang out with Tom Brady there. But again, aside from that story, I am taking the Eagles in this game on Sunday, 3 o'clock kickoff, 2.5-point favorites, over-under set at 46.5 points on Sunday. AFC title game spence between the Kansas City Chiefs, led by P. P. Diddy Mahomes, who suffered a high ankle sprain over the weekend, um, played through his game, played through that injury, got the job done. But still, it's a big question mark for Patrick Mahomes, a guy who – isn't necessarily a pocket passer. He can sit in the pocket if need be for a little bit, but that's not his game. We saw what the Buccaneers did to him back in 2020 when they made him run for his life, ran for over 400 yards in the backfield, trying to evade the pressure, trying to uh, evade sacks from Devin White, Dominican Sue, guys of that sort, Sha- uh, Shaq Barrett as well. Uh, but it's going to be a big question mark. My biggest question mark coming into the playoffs, as I think most people across the country would be, is Patrick Mahomes' uh, health his status heading into the game on Sunday against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, Joe Burrow, a guy who was just here last year, went to the Super Bowl, fell short against the Rams. The guy is cool, calm, collected. He's confident as could be probably the most confident quarterback I've seen. Uh, he's, he's cocky too. It's a little bit further than just being confident, but he does back it up. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs are the home team, and they are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, a coin flip. Against Cincinnati, should be a great game. You look at the matchup, you look at these two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, 35 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Patrick Mahomes, 41 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, Over 5,000 yards for Patrick Mahomes, over 4,400 yards for Joe Burrow this year. And then the rushing attack, not great for either squad. Both teams don't have a 1,000-yard rusher uh, and Joe Mixon or Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I believe I'm saying his name right. Uh, He's a rookie there. Solid running back. Where's number 10? Replaced Tyreek Hill's number right away. But Spence, talk about your feelings heading into this game. What is a star-studded matchup at quarterback, marquee matchup on Sunday? Yeah, these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, and that is, I think that's pretty easily distinguished at this point. I mean, you have Joe Burrow, who had a 3-1 to touchdown-interception ratio. You had Patrick Mahomes, who nearly had a 3.5 touchdown-interception ratio. Both of these teams are great. Uh, it reminds me a lot of 
of the matchups between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in the AFC championships back in the day. But I, I'm struggling to figure out which one's Tom Brady, which one's Peyton Manning, because Burrow is a leader like Peyton Manning. Of course, Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl. He's also lost a Super Bowl to Tom Brady himself. And I think that uh, Joe Burrow's laser focus reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is going to go ahead and win more Super Bowls than Peyton Manning did because Manning only won two in his career. And I, I just can't figure out which one's which. They could both be Tom Brady's. But in this matchup, I think I'm going to go Mahomes as Tom Brady, Joe Burrow as Peyton Manning. But in this game, if you go back to 2020, like you said earlier, you saw Patrick Mahomes with a battered offensive line. He had that same exact uh, leg injury or foot injury back in 2020. He was running around for his life against that Buccaneers defense. But, of course, that Bucs defense in the playoffs was absolutely on a tear the entire time. Mahomes was making incredible plays. His receivers were just dropping the football. If, if you remember one one play where Mahomes threw the ball sideways and it hit Tyree Kill in the face and he dropped the football. This game is going to be a lot like that game, in my opinion. But the only thing is, the Bengals are lacking a pass rush. I think they they only had like 30 or so sacks. And then you look over at the Chiefs defensive line. They had 50-something sacks. They were second in the league in, in, in pass rush rate uh, winnings. They were second in the league in sacks. And you look over at the Bengals, and throughout the time, they've had problems with uh, protecting their quarterback, Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times in that playoff game last season against the Tennessee Titans. And I think that could happen again in this game. Of course, the Bengals have upgraded their offensive line. But with that Patrick Mahomes injury, I think that's going to play a huge part in it. Of course, the spread right now, I think, is like just a point or two in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs because they are the home team. But I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals in this game just because that injury that Patrick Mahomes has suffered. Of course, I like the Bengals' run game a little bit more than I like the rookie running back for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco's done a great job this season, but I like Joe Mixon. I like that I like that Bengals' receiving core a lot more than I like the Chiefs' receiving core. And I also really, really, really hate the Chiefs secondary. I think it's absolutely god-awful. Of course, they have a great pass rush, but that secondary is not good. And I'm going to have to go with the Bengals in this game just based off of those factors, the Patrick Mahomes injury, the Chiefs secondary trying to hold up against that Bengals receiving core, which is by far the best in the league. And you've got the Chiefs with with uh, with a, a decent rushing attack, of course, a bad defense. And I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. I know it's going to be tough for them to go into Arrowhead and defeat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But like we mentioned earlier, Burrow's 3-0 so far against the Chiefs, and I really would like to see an Eagles versus Bengals Super Bowl, and maybe we see uh, we see Joe Burrow get one back, or or we could see uh, the Bengals and Joe Burrow become the Bills of the 1990s, going to the Super Bowl four times in a row and losing each and every time. That could be the Bengals, but we'll see in this game. I think I'm going to have to pick the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. I'm going to go uh, Bengals by four. All right, before I move on with my pick and give you guys my spiel on this game, do want to correct myself. Captain Mike Anderson is a fan of the podcast. I know him very well. However, that is not Captain Mike Perry, who lives in Big Pine Key. So shout out to both captains, but Captain uh, Mike Perry is the one I was talking about. He's the guy that calls in all the time to let me know that he's tuned in. So I appreciate you, man. Now let's get back to the game. Uh, I also want to add this, Spencer. I don't know if this is, changes your mind at all, but Patrick Mahomes says that Tom Brady gave him advice ahead of this AFC championship game. He said, what would you not want to learn from the GOAT? He gives me a lot of advice. So Patrick Mahomes has been talking to Tom Brady ahead of this game, heading into Sunday's matchup against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Should be a very exciting game. Tom Brady's won seven titles. Does this change your mind at all, knowing that Tom Brady's in this guy's ear? He's trying to give him some advice. Hell no. Not at all. I like, all right. I like cool. Joe Burrow. I like the Bengals receiving core. 
I like their defense a little bit more. I, I know that I said that the, the Chiefs' defensive line is very good. Of course, Burrow has had problems with pressure in the past, but it really wasn't his fault. I think they've upgraded a little bit on that offensive line. They up, they've upgraded enough as long as Kappa can play in this game. Or I forgot who was out last week. Their tackle was out. I think it was Layout Collins. I don't know if he's going to be back, but they held their own against the Bills' pass rush. Of course, the Bills' defense drastically fell apart from the start of the season because if the Bills still had their top two safeties, of course, Tredavious White knocked himself out in that game early on. I mean, they were down to their fifth-string cornerback in that game. They didn't have Von Miller. This Chiefs defense is going to be a little bit better than that Bengals defense, but I also really do think that this injury could limit what Patrick Mahomes can do just like it did in 2020 because if Patrick Mahomes was full speed against that Buccaneers defense in 2020, I think that that game would have been a lot closer like most people expected, and the Chiefs could have pulled out a victory, but Instead, Mahomes is hurt. The offensive line was injured. Not sure how the how the Chiefs' offensive line is doing right now in terms of health conditions. But I think I, I just I just like the Bengals a lot better, and I do want to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl. But of course, I would be mad to see Patrick Mahomes continue the dynasty that Tyreek Hill had said that they had started a couple of years ago. Whenever they said they were going to win seven Super Bowls together, yeah. that ended very quickly. But we could see Mahomes go ahead and win. I think his second Super Bowl this season. But I'm going to go with the Bengals. I want to see I want to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl. I want to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl as well. However, it's not about who I want to win. It's about who I think will win. It is Arrowhead. It's a very loud stadium, arguably one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, I think that maybe this injury was hyped up a little bit. I know it was big uh, on Sunday when he got injured or Saturday when that game was when he got injured. However, I think that this week the injury has been hyped up a lot. I think it's going to be to his benefit per se because people are freaking out over it. They haven't been able to see him in practice. I saw him uh, Wednesday walk off the podium. Granted, it was like a 10-foot walk, but he was walking just fine. No limp whatsoever. And with that being said, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Although I do want Joe Burrow, and if Joe Burrow does win this game, I'm not upset. I'm actually more happy than if Patrick Mahomes win. But if I was a betting man, my life depended on this game. I would say the home team, the Kansas City Chiefs, will win on Sunday in the AFC title game. Moving on now, we talk about Talk To Him Tuesday, and I gave you guys a, a brief uh, tease earlier on in the show regarding our next guest. We're still uh, waiting on a particular schedule date, but the game plan is, and it has been for several weeks now, to have him on before the Super Bowl. Before Super Bowl Sunday, my guy Josh Harris of NFL Films will be joining us. I'll keep you guys posted you guys will need to follow us on Twitter at TCM underscore pod. That's the Chris Mathis podcast. Also follow us on Facebook as well. Instagram too. We'll make sure to publish that. But my guy, Josh Harris, I got to know him very well. You can see him on the right side of the photo. If you're now streaming on YouTube and or Spotify, he's got the NFL films jacket on. I got to talk with this guy every single Buccaneers home game this season. Uh, this season at, uh, <laughs> at uh, yeah, we're not editing out. Uh, at Raymond James Stadium, I was I was doing season and stadium, and it just collided. Uh, no hiding that right there. Uh, but that was great. All right, that was not planned. Uh, but I was able to talk with Josh Harris, my guy from NFL Films, each and every Buccaneers home game this year at Raymond James Stadium, and I was able to pick his brain as to what his job was because he sat right next to the scoreboard. Each and every game, and I asked him the first game, I'm like, hey, man, you know, Chris Mathis, WDAE, Ronnie T. Crest Show, um, what is it that you're doing? You know, I see, are you running the scoreboard? I see you got an antenna. There's an antenna right in front of him on the table uh, right there near the 10-yard uh, line if you're looking at the screen right now. And he's like, no, man, I actually uh, mic up the guards for both teams. So, 
both offensive guards on both offensive lines have mics and their uh, chest plate and their back flap as well to pick up the sounds each and every snap. And there's a certain time that he has to cut off the microphone. There's a certain time that he's allowed to start it without violating some kind of regulation. But if you guys ever see highlights or you ever see NFL film videos on NFL Network or YouTube and you hear the grunts or the collision, that's all him doing that work. He's controlling the microphones when they cut on, when they cut off, what audio to to use in the video, what to pull from. It's really impressive stuff. And he can do that right in that very seat all the way at the far side of the field. It doesn't matter how far away they are. This guy, Josh Harris, has this equipment that's able to connect almost like a Bluetooth, if you will, throughout this network, and he can control that, and it picks up some incredible stuff. Now, I did try to ask him uh, the last game of the year because I knew the Bucs weren't going to have another playoff game at home if they did beat the Cowboys. I was very confident in that. But I asked him if I could um, listen to the headset that he puts on during the game because he has to – monitor when he's allowed to turn on the mic when he can turn off the mic and he said unfortunately it is against regulation so I abided by that we talked each and every Buccaneers home game about him joining the podcast he loved the idea I plugged Spencer plugged the podcast plugged the you know the story of me coming from a small town moving to Tampa Bay talking with all you great uh, all of you great people and he wants to hop on and there's a chance I haven't spoke to him since that game against the Cowboys But there was a chance the last time I spoke to him that he will be working the Super Bowl out in Arizona. So we'll find out. We'll talk to him either way before the Super Bowl, hopefully that Tuesday before the big game. And we'll talk all things about his career. Also, our guy Isaac Pugh is also very inquisitive of this guy, Josh Harris of NFL Film. So should be a very exciting talk to him Tuesday edition of the show, Spence. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, leave, I'm gonna let you get out of here because I know what you do have on your mind, as you had stated about two minutes ago. Yeah, I gotta run home. Got a lot of work to do. You're absolutely right. As always, that was got one the more thing to say. Podcast. What was that? I got one more thing to plug. What's that? If you have not seen Puss in Boots two, you should go see it. Everyone listening to this, I think it's one of the best animated movies. Within the past couple of years, I think it rivals Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse from 2018 with the Post Malone soundtrack. This movie does not have that soundtrack, but it is a great movie. I didn't see Puss in Boots 1. You don't need to see Puss in Boots 1 before you see this one. And a teaser at the end of this movie is going to get you going. It may get you, uh, I'm not going to say that, but it may get you ready to go. So watch Puss in Boots 2. Chris, you go home. Get Yep, I got a lot of words in your mind right right now. All right. That is the Chris Mathis podcast. Hey, real quick. I've noticed that you guys have done a great job of uh, giving us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, too. It's easy. All you have to do is listen to a certain number of podcasts. You'll see a star button or leave a review button. Click that. Each and every time we've plugged it, somebody out there has left a review. I think we're up to 23 five-star reviews right now. Let's keep it going. I really don't care. You can give me a three-star review. I just care about the number of reviews. I, I you know, That's what I want right here. So five-star reviews. Spencer says cut that out. Five stars only. TCM Pod, Apple Podcast, and Spotify as well. We'll talk next week. Bye-bye.